Welcome, everybody, to the Cleared Off the Line podcast for soccer fans and soccer players alike. I'm Forrest Tucker. And I'm Terry Craig. Let's get right to it. What is up, everybody? We were wrong. We'll say it to start off this one. Our predictions for Champions League last week were totally and utterly wrong, except for one game. And... Terry, what, what do you have to say about our decisions? Actually, I think yours are a little better than mine, so I can't really speak for uh, everything. It was, it was about the same, but I will say uh, for Leipzig and Spurs, I was kind of iffy about that one. But we're going to do better this week. But regardless, Hopefully. Yeah, but regardless, uh, we hope that y'all enjoyed the Champions League last week as much as we did. And we just want to go, go, go over a few of the games. Uh, beginning with the big one, um, Atletico and Liverpool. Really a shock um, result, in my opinion. But when you can't really go against Atleti when they get a goal up against any team, even if it's Liverpool. And Atleti had Liverpool looking like they lacked ideas. They lost Jordan Henderson to injury. They weren't the same team that we've been used to seeing over this past year. And Atletico, they were just Atletico. They parked the bus after getting an early goal. And Simeone really doubled down on his tactics after subbing Lamar off at halftime. But... It was a crazy game. Atletico were criticized for antics that they had, but anything else you'd like to add? It was a crazy game. Yeah, man, that Wanda Metropolitano was rocking by the end of that one. Holy cow. Um, Yeah, unlike Liverpool to concede inside uh, 10 minutes, five minutes I think it even was, but that goal that they scored at Letty, Geez, Liverpool looked like they had no clue what they were doing. A defensive breakdown, really. Uh, Gini Wijnaldum, Terry, pretty much just turned his back to Saul Niguez, and then Saul had a free free shot on goal. You know, within six yards of of the net. So really, really uncharacteristic of Liverpool there. Exactly. And I thought that they honestly could have tied it if Mo Salah made a decision uh, not. Uh, not that was not the one he made when he had a very nice ball foot into him into the box and he headed it wide. Sala, in my opinion, had space to chest the ball down or control the ball with his feet and then to take that first touch to control it and then the second touch to bang it in the opposite corner because really he he had time and knowing um Mo Salah he can make space out of nowhere and there were defenders that were at least two or three yards off him then. And I, I, just, I just thought that could have been a better decision-making for Mo Salah. He'd missed a couple chances earlier in the match, and so I guess he was feeling a little frantic trying to get stuff done, and it, maybe the chance came to him too fast, and that was all he had to, you know, all the time he had to to adjust and get that ball hopefully on net. But at the end of it, this is, you know, 1-0 is not a large margin, but Liverpool didn't score an away goal. We always have to look at away goals in these ties, and the result of that is difficult if they end up drawing later on. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. And as big as Atleti had a uh, home field <clears throat> advantage, you can expect Anfield to be popping. Of course. Of course. Now, moving on to Dortmund PSG, 2-1 to Borussia Dortmund in that one. We did predict PSG to win because they were on such fine form, but Mbappe and Neymar didn't really deliver that game, Neymar did score that tap in that was just by Mbappe, but otherwise it just was not working out for them. And Dortmund really dominated this. I really liked their one and two touch passing. They got the ball off the pitch really fast, and you could see that in both of the goals they scored. And Erling Haaland just killing it once more. Really great assist from Gio Reyna, who is a U.S. player. USA. For the game winner, 
What do we think, Terry? Any more to add? Um, I expect the same for Dortmund going into the next leg. Like, their youngsters, as you said, look lively. I know Sancho didn't score, but he got a couple chances. Yeah, Holland nice scored two shots. really good goals. But um, I expect PSG to come back, but I am slightly concerned. I know Neymar, after the game, had some comments claiming that P- the higher-ups at PSG and the doctors probably could have let him back earlier, return earlier, because he's been out for a month or so with a rib injury. He said that he could have played against Lyon a week or two earlier. But... Neymar's still a good player. I mean, yeah, he wasn't match fit, but by the by the next leg, he will be match fit. And I expect a lot out of him and Mbappe. And they don't want a repeat of what happened last year, a uh, no. very early Champions League exit. And I think that they're going to come back from that. But they will be missing Marco Verratti and Thomas Munier because they won't return for the second lap because of yellow cards. But Yeah, Verratti's, <laughs> Verratti's someone who definitely has a feisty temper. So not a surprise that he is out from accumulation but moving on to Leipzig Spurs another 1-0 game which Leipzig won I thought Leipzig could have scored a bit more in this game and Spurs might have to change some starters going into this next one because if they want to have if they want to salvage a season and get um get themselves rolling on the Mourinho it's going to have to really change there I want to touch on this really quick I read an article in, during the week on ESPN that said you know Jose's defensive tactics were the reason that they just weren't able to go for this win. Jose is a guy who likes to sit back and have teams come on to them and stuff, and that's you know, that's kind of where we talk about parking the bus the most. It seemed just like it, you know, trying to nick one off Leipzig, you know, as Jose's attitude is, just is, isn't going to work. And that doesn't work at Tottenham because Tottenham's a team that likes to go forward. Yeah, that's a really con- big contrast from Pochettino to Mourinho. So I don't know uh, if this bodes well. This match is something that is foreshadowing for Spurs, but they need to make uh, some changes, and I, I'm going to be specific there. I think that Lamella should replace Deli Alley starting um, up top with um, – uh, oh, darn it – with um, Lucas Mora. Yeah, Lucas Mora. And I, I, the, the substitute they made with um, Ndobele coming on for Fernandez, that – Ndobele should have come – and started from the beginning on that pitch. So I, I think Spurs need to make some decisions. We're not Mourinho, but it seems like his uh, defensive tilted mind just might not be enough in some circumstances yeah. for the Champions League with Spurs. And parking the bus, it's so hot and cold. It can go either way. I mean, here we are criticizing Jose Mourinho about not getting a goal and being very defensive. And just earlier, we were lauding um, Simeone, Simeone yeah. and Atletico for parking the bus. I mean, it it all depends on whether you can get that goal or not. Atleti got that goal, and Spurs did not get that goal. It's so, a gamble. Yeah, it really is a gamble. And now that you don't have young uh, son in the lineup anymore, I think uh, out for the season with the fractured hand. It gets it's getting really yeah. thin up there at Spurs, yeah, especially you're gonna in the Champions to, League. Yeah, you're going to have to lean on that new signing Bergvine mm-hmm. or something, but... Yeah, I These, think yeah those tactics don't look right when you can't get the goal. Exactly. I, I with the fact that Spurs in the Champions League, Jose has played the youth before, but uh, you can't just put some 18, 19, 20 year old in the Champions League lineup. That might be fine for the for the Premier League, but mm-hmm. you know it's going to be tough. Yeah, Jose is going to have to get out of his comfort zone exactly. very soon. Um, Daniel Levy might be someone to pressure him on that. Daniel Levy. You know, knows what he wants. So to recap, uh, 
Atalanta-Valencia. 4-1 win for the, the boys from Italy. Jeez, they... They are looking really hot right now. We told you this was a sleeper. It was. It and we, was. we told you it would sneak up on you and you might be caught out. And everyone definitely was. So big, big up to Atalanta for kicking the tail of Valencia. I think they're going to go through, Terry. These guys are fearless right now. I mean, they just scored four goals in the Champions League. They're at a point where they've never been. I really expect nothing different from them in the second leg against Valencia. I mean, what, what do they have to fear at this point? I don't know. I mean, it's they've gone pretty darn far right now, so that's really great. I, If they can get through to the next stage, big, big deal. But we're going to preview the games that are happening next week. We have Napoli-Barca, Chelsea-Bayern, Lyon-Juve, and Real City. So let's go through what we think about these matches. Uh, beginning with Napoli and Barca, this is a really complicated game with really two Fairly complicated teams at the moment. Um, Napoli, they've really been subpar all season. They're only ninth in Serie A. And, but, however, they've been able to beat some really good teams this year. They beat Liverpool in the Champions League, and recently they beat Juventus. And let's not doubt the players in the squad. They still have players, high-quality players, such as Dries Mertens, who can go forward and get goals. So... I wouldn't count out Napoli in this uh, tie. Barcelona, on the other hand, there's a lot going on in Barcelona. And mm-hmm. my biggest question for Barca is whether they can focus on the game with all of the background noise going on at the club. I think they will be. I think they'll be able to, yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think they'll be able to. It's, they, they're really hyper-focused there. It's just... I think with, with that, it's more or less for the players. It's about the squad issues. We mentioned the two mm-hmm. injuries to really important guys, Pele and Suarez. So if they can just overcome that. I don't. There's a lot of other background noise going on at Barca. We mentioned um, some of it with Abidal and Messi last week. And then also there's new stuff that we're not going to get into um, with them hiring a firm to uh, help you know, persuade people that their president was better than he actually was on a social media and all this stuff. But really, I, I think that this game might not be as upset prone as you might be thinking, Terry, to me. Mm-hmm. It just, it is a very, uh, it's a very interesting um, deal from Napoli's perspective. You know, can they beat the yeah. big, big bear? And Barca, I will add, even though that they were knocked out of the Copa del Rey recently in La Liga, they've won four out of their five games. So they're coming into the match in really good form. So, I mean, we'll see. It's a coin toss. Well, coin toss for me, for you. I know you're leaning towards Barca, but Napoli, they can beat the big teams. And I think that's important in the Champions League. We'll see. We will see. Now, Chelsea, Bayern, Munich. I think Bayern's one of the strongest teams playing this coming week. And I say this coming week because we saw Dortmund really, really kill PSG and just how swiftly they were able to play and how swiftly they were able to get the ball off the field and just be ruthless in their attack. Um, and, of course, we also saw Atleti do very well as well. So I'm going to contain I'm going to contain myself with what I think about uh, who's, doing, who's the best of all. But I definitely think that this game for Bayern is a game that they, um, they need to be on the guard for because Chelsea have quality players they can turn on at any time they want, I think, uh, but it's just difficult for them right now having that loss to United and then not being good as of late anyway. Just, you know, Chelsea in the Champions League is mm-hmm. traditionally they, you know, they, they did they didn't win a Champions League title. So this, this competition is not something that they um, would stray from at all. 
Yeah, and what I'll say about this game is I'm kind of concerned about Chelsea. First and foremost, they're on a bad run of form in the Premier League. Two wins in the last six, including a loss against Manchester United. I think that uh, that young squad is really showing their youth and the fact that they haven't been able to buy players over the past couple of transfer windows, that's really showing. And I will say this about Bayern Munich as well. They were originally my pick to win it all. I think top to bottom, I just love the squad. I really don't think that they have weaknesses from the goalkeeper, Neuer, the defense, midfield, midfielders like Leon Goretzka, uh, defenders like Joshua Kimmich, uh, forwards, Serge Gnabry and uh, Robert Lewandowski. I think they... They're the class of the Champions League this year. I could point out a weakness in just at least one weakness yeah. in every other team. But Bayern Munich, they're flying right now. First in the mm-hmm. Bundesliga as well. You can't really bet against them at this point, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. I'll go back to what I said last, uh, a couple months ago, about them not maybe not winning the Champions League or Bundesliga because of the fact that they had to change their manager. And I think at that time I might have been too um, just too hasty to say that because that's you know I might have not looked at the players and the quality they have. Um, it's it's difficult when a new gaffer comes in and all that stuff. We understand that wholeheartedly. But to have them have progressed over these past couple months, I definitely was wrong in saying that. Um, I can't predict the future, but it them and Juventus are probably the two strongest teams playing this coming week. And for me, it's a game where. Um, I feel like Bayern, I feel like this will be a t- this will be a tight tie, but we'll we'll see Bayern go through. Yes, I agree. Now Leon Juve Leon is uh, they're not they're not they're not really a it's weird with Leon man they they have their mid table in Liga but mid table in Liga is you know might be close to top of the table in some other leagues. Yeah, similar what's so, going on in the Premier yeah, League. Exactly. Right now. It's just really tight. So it's unpredictable what they could have going on. They've lost Memphis to Pi to an ACL injury for a long time. So he's rehabbing that. But Terry, I don't know if we have to say much about this game. Juve's on fire, that squad top to bottom again, like just so, so prolific, experienced players everywhere. That's probably that is such an experienced eleven, such an experienced 18, 23. I go on. But, yeah, yeah, I think Juve takes this. Yeah, and to speak on Leon a little bit, uh, it's going to be hard to cope without Memphis Depay. He was a key figure in him get in him getting Leon to this point. So I don't see how – I mean, they still have good players, Maxwell Cornier, but I don't think that they're going to be able to take Juventus on. I think Ronaldo's motivated. He came to Juventus to win trophies like uh, yeah. the champion. Crazy if it happened this year. And then Sarri has really had a nice resurgence at City, at Juve as well, which is something to talk about later on. Now, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Uh, this is a pretty equal game mm-hmm. as we described it. It's looking like these guys uh, really could pull punch, you know, really um, get some punches on each other and land some hits. Uh, I think City's going to be very motivated because of what has happened recently with their Champions League ban for the next two years. So if they're going to win this competition, Terry, it has to, it's going to have to be this year. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I know they can still appeal, but I don't know with you know how powerful UEFA is if they could really pull that off. So, you know, it's, I, it's interesting. Real's goals are coming from Karim Benzema, and players like Isco, players like Jovic, have not been playing um, to the potential of their goal-scoring abilities, in my opinion. Jovic especially this year. And then you know you have players that, um, like Sergio Ramos is the, is, has, is the second leading scorer in La Liga, second to Benzema. Mm-hmm. So I know Sergio Ramos likes to score a lot, 
but it seems like Real just aren't a complete team at the moment, and they need a transfer window to buy some new players. Okay. Um, for this game, as you said, motivation's key. Uh, that UEFA band's imminent, and I think that's going to motivate City to go get it this year because they're not really sure about their UEFA future. And Madrid are highly motivated because of uh, that embarrassing loss that they had at this stage last season to Ajax. But, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, they're entering the match in good form, and I expect Benzema to, com- to continue his good form. So in this one, I'm taking Madrid, actually, over City. Well, see, I think City has a lot more proven goal scorers than Real does, to be fair with you. I think that if Real is going to rely solely on Benzema, then that might not work out for them. But City, I think, I think Pep is going to really, really uh, hype his boys up for this one. Yeah. Uh, VAR. We can talk about VAR. Just a, just a few seconds. Um, in my opinion, I'm not sure if VAR is working in England. I think VAR is good. I think it's just the incompetence of the refs and the higher-ups in England. Just just straight incompetence. Uh, the example that I'll use is uh, Harry Maguire against Chelsea kicked out at a player. The monitor's right there. I don't see why Anthony Taylor cannot just look at the monitor, give the man a red, just quick. Same mm-hmm. thing for Son against Chelsea. It was like the exact same thing. Same referee, Anthony Taylor, right there, saw it. Just look at the monitor. It takes two seconds. Yeah. Easy. And then same for uh, Aubameyang with his red card against Crystal Palace. The guys, the magical voice, wherever he is, looking at VAR. Stockley took, Park, London. Yeah, That's took, where he is. took minutes to give Aubameyang a red card, which it clearly was a red card. When the monitor's right there, referee could have mm-hmm. just looked right there, took a, two, took a yeah. few seconds, and sent him off. But. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it, there are a couple VAR decisions in that, or three VAR decisions exactly in that Chelsea United game um, where people were mad. I think the third one where it was offside on Giroud was clear one. Um, but, Terry, to your point, I do agree that this is taking too long because VAR is chopping up the flow of matches, and that's bad for teams, honestly. And really, I think with that pitch side monitor, you could just have that be how you review calls. So you still have someone in London saying to the referee in his ear, hey, you you need to take a look at this or you should take a look at this call because it's, to me, it looks like it might be, it might um, be something that warrants a review. But the guy, the guy in the referee's ear is not saying what he thinks it should be or not saying this call's overturned, yeah. this call stands. To use American football knowledge or uh, terms. But... Rather, it should be the referee gets that, that notification that it's warranted. It's, it's, you know, it warrants another look, goes to the monitor, looks at it on the pitch instead of at another place, and then gets a couple other angles like they do in American football, and then he makes a decision, and that's yeah. easy. The pitch that monitor is basically there and has no function at all. I don't even know why it's there. Who even uses it? If it's not the referees, so yeah, and it's and it's just crazy that this is the only league where there's controversy about it. Like it's been implemented in the Bundesliga, MLS, Women's World Cup last year, and it did wonders. So it's it's an anomaly. Yes, it is. Thankfully, it is an anomaly, but that's why we're focusing on it the most across and across the world. Why everyone is talking about it most because people are very very unhappy with how it's being used. And that's it for today's episode. As always, follow us on Instagram at C-O-T-O podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch us next week. Jogo bonito.